a story about a man named Eddie, and it begins at the end, with Eddie dying in the sun. It might seem strange to start a story with an ending, but all endings are also beginnings. We just don't know it at the time. The last hour of Eddie's life was spent Ruby Pier an amusement park by a great grey ocean. The park had the usual attractions, a boardwalk, a ferris wheel, roller coasters, bumper cars, a tapis stand, and an arcade where you could shoot streams of water into a clown's mouth. It also had cigarette behind his left ear and a ring of keys hooked to his belt. He wore rubber's old shoes. He wore an old blinded cup. His pale brown uniform suggests working man and the working man he was. Customer 
person at him, at least the regular ones did. They saw him summer after summer, one of those faces you associate with. mostly grunted, never saying much. He figured it was because he didn't say much that they liked him. Now, Eddie taped two little boys with backward baseball caps. They raced to the cart and stumbled in. Eddie handed his keys to the ride attendant and slowly between the two. Here we go, here we go, one boy squiggled as the other pulled Eddie's arm around his shoulder. Eddie lowered the lap bar and clock, clock, clock. Up they went. A story went around about Eddie. When he was a boy growing up, scream. He ran to the alley 
grab garbage can lead and sent to boys to the hospital. After that, Joe didn't talk to him for months. He was I'm Joe was the oldest, the firstborn, but it was Eddie who did the fighting. Can we go again, Eddie? Please? 34 minutes later, Eddie lifted the left bar, gave each boy a sucking candy with drive cane, then limp to the maintenance shop to cool down from the summer heat. Had he known his dad was imminent, he might have gone somewhere else. Instead, he did what he called him. He went about his stall routine as if all the days in the world were still to come. One of the shop workers, a lanky, Chick young man named Dominguez was made salt in the sink, ripping grease off a wheel. Yo, Eddie, he said. Dom, Eddie said. The shop smelled like sawdust. It was dark and crumpled with the low ceiling and pegboard walls that held drills. Parts of fun park rides were everywhere. Compressors, engines, belts, light bulbs. The top of the fire pit stuck against one wall were coffee cans of nails and screws and stuck against each other. Wall, endless tubs of grease. Missing a track, Eddie would say read no more brains than washing a dish. The only difference was he got dirtier as he did, not cleaner. And that was the sort of work that Eddie did. Spread grease, adjusted breakers, light end bolts, check electrical panels, They are here, Dominguez said. Eddie grunted. Toro, 
party or nothing. Eddie looked at him as if he were crazy. For a moment, he thought how strange it was to be growing old in a place that smelled of cotton candy. Well, remember Eddie, I'm off next week, starting Monday, going to Mexico. Eddie nodded, and Dominguez did a little dance. Me and Teresa, gonna see the whole family. Party! He stopped dancing when he noticed Eddie staring. You ever been? Dominguez said. Been to Mexico. Eddie exhaled through his nose. Kid, I've never been anywhere. I wasn't shipped with a rifle. He watched Dominguez return to the sink. He thought for a moment. Then he took a small wad of bills from his pocket and removed the only twenties he had. Two of them. He held them out. Get your wife something nice, Eddie said. Dominguez regarded the money and broke into a huge smile and said, Come on, man, you sure? Eddie pushed the money into Dominguez's palm. Then he walked out back to the storage area. A small fishing hole had been cut into a broadwalk planks years ago, and Eddie lifted the plastic cap. He dug into a nylon line to trap 80 feet of the sea. A piece of Balcona was still attached.
zap, zap, zap. It's the same. Eddie repeated. The teens looked at each other. One kid who wore a streak orange in his hair sneered at Eddie and stepped into a middle rail. Come on. Just hit me. He yelled, waving at the young driver. Hit me. Eddie walked the railing so hard with his cane he almost snapped him into move it the teens ran away another story went around about Eddie as a soldier he had engaged in combat numerous times he had been brave even won a medal but towards the end of his service of his own man. That's how Eddie was wounded. No one knew what happened to the other guy. No one asked. With 19 minutes left on earth, Eddie sat for the last time in an old aluminum beach chair. His short muscled arms folded like sealed slippers across his chest. His legs were red from the sun, and his left knee still showed scars. In truth, much of Eddie's body suggested a survival encounter. His fingers were bent at awkward angles, next to the numerous fractures from assorted machinery. His nose had been broken several times in what he called saloon fights. His broadly jaw face might have been good looking once. The way a bright spider might have been looked before he took so many punches. No Eddie just stood tired. This was his regular spot on the Ruby Pier World Walk. Behind the jackrabbit ride, which in the 1980s was the Thunderbolt, which in the 1970s was the Steel Eel, which in the 1960s was the Lollipop's Wings, which in the 1950s was Love in the Dark, and which before that was the Stardust Bombshell, which was where Eddie met one true love snapshot for Eddie it came on a warm September night after a thunderstorm when the broad walk was spongy with water she wore a yellow cotton dress with a pink parrot in her hair Eddie didn't say much he was so nervous he felt as if his tongue were glued to his teeth of a big headband, long legs dangling, and his ever playing his orchestra. He bought her a lemon peel to share. She had to go before her parents got angry. But as she walked away, she turned to 
is Brother Grontus. A wave broke on the beach. Eddie coughed up upon something he did not want to see. He spat it away. Splash. 
kids to leave. Excuse me, a young girl, maybe eight years old, stood before him, blocking his sunlight. She had blonde curls and wore flip flops and denim cut off shorts and a lime green t shirt with a cartoon duck in front. Amy. me, she said again. Eddie mean Nance? Eddie sighed. Just Eddie, he said. Eddie? Mm. Mm? Can you make me? She put her hands together as if praying. Come on, kiddo, I don't have all day. Can you make me an animal? Eddie looked up as if he had to think about it. Then he reached into his shirt pocket and pulled out two yellow pipe cleaners, which he carried for just this purpose. Yes! The little girl said, slapping her hands. Eddie began twisting the pipe cleaners. Where's her parents? Riding the ride. Without you, the girl shrugged. My mom's with her boyfriend. Eddie looked up. Oh. He bent his pipe cleaners into several small loops, then twisted the loops around on one another. His hands shook now, so it took longer than he used to. But as soon as the pipe cleaners resembled a body and tail. Rabbit, the little girl said. Eddie winked. Thank you. She spun away, lost in that place where kids don't even know their feet are moving. Eddie wiped his brow again, then closed his eyes, slumped into the beach chair, and tried to get song back into his head. A seagull squeaked as it flew overhead. How do people choose their final words? Do they realize their gravity? Are they fated to be wise? By his 83rd birthday, Eddie had lost nearly everyone he'd cared about. for a disease or an accident took them away. At their funeral, Eddie listened as mourners recalled their final conversation. It's as if he knew he was going to die, someone said. Eddie never believed that. As far as he could tell, when your time came, it came. For the record, Eddie's final words would be 
get back. Here are the sound of Eddie's last minute on earth. Waves crashing, the distant thump of rock music, the whirling engine of a small pipeline dragging an ad form its trails and this. Oh my god, look! Eddie felt his eyes start beneath his sleep. Over the years, he had come to know every noise at Ruby's bear and could sleep through them like all like lullabies. This voice was not the lullaby. Oh my god, look! Eddie bolted a woman with fat dimpled arms was holding a shopping bag and pointing and screaming. A small crowd gathered around her, their eyes to the skies. Eddie saw it immediately. Atop Freddy's repo, the new flower drop attraction. One of the cars was tilted at an angle as it shrank to Four passengers, two men, two women, held only by empty bars, were grabbing frantically at anything they could. Oh my god! The fat woman yelled. Those people, they're gonna fall! A voice quacked from the rodeo, and Eddie stopped. Eddie! Eddie! Press the button. I see it. Get security. They all ran up from the beach, pointing as if they had practiced this drill. Look up in the sky, an amusement ride turned evil. Eddie grabbed his cane and slumped to the safety fence around the platform base. His wad of keys jangling against his hip. His heart was racing. Fred's free ball was supposed to drop two cards in his stomach, crunching blessings, only to be halted at the last instant by a crush of hydraulic air. How did one's card came loose like that? It was tilted just a few feet below the upper platform, as if it had startled downward and changed its mind. Eddie reached the gate and had to catch his breath. Dominguez came running and nearly backed into him. Listen to me, Eddie said, grabbing Dominguez by the shoulders. His grip was so tight, Dominguez made a painted face. Listen to me, who's up there? Willie, okay. He must have hit emergency stop. That's why the card is hanging. Get up the ladder and tell Willie to manually release the safety resistance to those people who can get out, okay? It's on the back of the car, so you're gonna have to tell him while he leans out there, okay? Then, then, the two of the yes, the two of the yes now, not one, you got it? The one of yes, get them out. 
holds the other. Got it? Got it? Dominguez nodded quickly, then sent that damn card down so we can figure out what happened. Eddie's head was pounding. Although his part had been free of major accidents, he knew the horror stories of his business. Once in Brighton, stand on the gondola ride and two people fell to their death. Another time in Motherland Park, a man had tried to walk across a roller coaster track. He fell through and got stuck beneath the armpits. He was wedged in screaming and the cars came racing towards him. And well, Eddie pushed that from his mind. There were people all around him now, hands over their mouths, watching Dominguez climb the ladder. Eddie tried to remember the events of Brett's revolt. Engine, cylinders, hydraulics, seals, cables. How does a cart come loose? He followed the ride visually from the four frightened people at the top down. The towering shelf and into the base engine, cylinders, hydraulics, seals, cables. Dominguez reached the upper platform. He did as Eddie told him, holding Willie as Willie leaned towards the back of the car to release the resistance. One of the female riders sprung for Willie. Yeah. 
Someone banged against his face, knocking his walkie-talkie to the ground. Eddie bent to get it. Willie went to the controls. He put his fingers on the green button. Eddie looked up. No, 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 don't! Eddie turned the crowd. Get back! Something in Eddie's voice must have caught people's attention. They stopped cheering and began to scatter. An opening cleared around the bottom of Freddy's freefall, and Eddie saw the last face of his life. She was sprawled upon the right's metal base, as if someone had stuck her into it, her nose running, tears filling her eyes, the little girl with the pipe cleaner animal, Amy, Annie. Mom! Mom! She heaved, almost rhythmically, her body frozen in the paralysis of crying children. Ma! Mom! Ma! Mom! Eddie's eyes shut from her to the cards. Did they have time? Everything slipped into a watery motion. He dropped his game and pushed off his back, bad leg, and felt a sharp pain almost knock him down. A big step. Another step inside the shaft of Freddy's freefall. The cable snapped its final thread and ripped across the hydraulic line. Card number two was in the Drop now. Nothing to stop it. A boulder of clearing. In those final moments, Eddie seemed to hear the whole world. Distant screaming waves music. A rush of a wind. Congratulations, the nurse says. He 
follows her down the hallway to the new boy's nursery. He sure grew up on the floor. Right here, she said. Through the glass, he sees her shake the numbers of the wooden cribs. She moved past one, not his, another, not his, another, not his, another, not his. She stops there. Father breathes heavily. Not his 